Welcome to Real Talk with Rachel. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert, and I am a therapist on a mission to bridge the gap between mental and emotional health and faith. Today, you're listening to Talk Therapy, a short segment of the show that releases at the beginning of the week to allow space for God to move in our hearts and speak into our lives. These episodes are meant to be educational, not a replacement for your therapist. We are in a mini-series on coping skills to calm your nerves and retrain your brain. Now, I'm not your counselor. These are simply ideas, so be sure to talk with your counselor about which coping skills are right for you. So far, we've discussed bilateral stimulation, verbal and written processing, and exercise to calm your nervous system and rein in the runaway brain. Please go back and listen if you missed any of those episodes. This week, we are discussing a coping skill that is a God-given way to cope with mental and emotional stress. Bible verse meditation. Now, you might be listening and you might have just rolled your eyes at that. I feel like I'm encountering more and more people who have some mixed opinions about God's word and helping us with mental health type things. And I just want to start by giving both sides of the Bible verse coin. I don't know if you're familiar with the 16 personalities test, uh, but my particular combination of letters, if you will, is known as the mediator. And this just means I can see both sides of things really well. And I used to not particularly like this about myself before I knew how I could use it for good. I used to think, man, I'm kind of wishy-washy. I can see both sides of this. And feels like I'm just kind of on the fence all the time. But really, it's been a gift, especially as a counselor. It's been a very nice gift to be able to just see both sides. Doesn't mean I always agree with both sides. It just means I can honestly see both sides of things. So I want to take a minute and just kind of speak to this for a second because I know and I've, I've counseled people. I've had friends and different people talk about how damage was done when somebody receives the message. Well, if you just pray more or here's a Bible verse, this will fix you. So let's take a look at both sides of this. And before we take a look at both sides, I want to say this about when it comes to Bible verses and prayer and all these kinds of things, okay? We have got to look at the Bible from a place of compassion, not condemnation. So God's word should comfort, not condemn us. He is drawing us in as a loving father when he reminds us of things like, don't fear. He doesn't say that because we're in trouble for feeling fear or worry. Instead, he talks about these things in the Bible quite often about fear, anxiety, doubt, all the all kinds of things that we struggle with in our mental and emotional health. But he talks about these things because he knows we're going to experience them. But it's like a loving father drawing you in going, hey, but it's okay. I'm here. You're safe now. You're with me. It's okay. I've got you. And so with that perspective, let's take a look then at both sides of the coin. Okay. So to the person who's giving the advice of, hey, here's a Bible verse, you know, over this, or hey, let's pray together type thing, okay? To to you, if you're the person who tends to do that, like gets excited to want to give somebody a Bible verse, because I know for the most part, 
we are doing those things with really good intentions and never have, I think most people would cringe to know that they hurt somebody by saying, oh, if you would, you know, here's a verse for this, or maybe we can pray about this. So here's something I want to share, say to you. Remember that the recipient is hurting. So listen first, okay? Express empathy for what they're going through. Pray for them, but honestly, sometimes you don't even have to tell somebody you're praying for them. Unless, of course, the Lord puts it on your heart to text them and say, hey, you're on my heart, so I want to let you know I'm praying for you today. But sometimes praying for somebody does not have to be a loud, big thing. It can just be within yourself, and they may or may not ever know about it, and that's okay. And then if you do bring up a verse, if you feel very strongly that God put on your heart a verse for somebody that you'd like to share with them that you think that the Lord just would love for them to know, be sure it's thoughtful and compassionate and not condemning, okay? So just be mindful of that because I don't ever want to discourage any of us from sharing verses with each other and for praying for each other. That's one of the very best things we can do in healthy community is pray for one another and encourage each other with God's word. But let's just be mindful in the delivery of it, okay? And then if you're the person receiving, Okay, if you're the person that is receiving the word of encouragement from a Bible verse or someone, you know, wanting to pray with you, if the takeaway message that you got from that was full of shame, such as if you prayed more, if you read the Bible more, remember that that's not from God. God does not speak to us like that. That's not his character at all. Uh, So that message, that heavy shame or anything that you feel around that, that's not from God. Now, whether the person did or didn't intend to relay that message, you get to choose what you receive. So unfortunately, I know there are, unfortunately, some religious type spirits out there that do relay a condemning message. That's not from God and you don't have to receive it. But I also want to challenge you to really think about your interpretation of things. Oftentimes, somebody says or does something and we're the ones who interpret it incorrectly, meaning I've also had conversations where somebody said something to the effect of, you know, oh, they said that if I would just, you know, pray more, that then I wouldn't be going through this. And I asked them, I said, wow, they said that? Like they said those words to you that if you would just pray more, you wouldn't be going through that? And they're like, well, I mean, no, they didn't actually say those words to me, but that's just, I was just sure that's what they meant. So then if you, uh, those of us who are on the receiving end, we've got to be real careful on how we interpret things. Just because the pastor gives a message about the power of prayer or the power of using God's word, and we walk away and we receive shame from that and go, man, if I had more faith, I wouldn't be going through this. There was a miscommunication that happened between that message and your us receiving on the other end that if you felt shame from that, it's time to pause and go to the Lord and say, God, I just have to be honest. When I heard that message, I actually felt really shame around that. Can you help me with this? Because again, that shame, that condemnation, it is not from God. God comforts. He does not condemn. He does convict, but he does not condemn. And conviction is very soft. It's gentle. He's a gentleman. Okay, so there's the difference. All right, here's the bottom line. God's word and prayer are the most powerful coping tools that we've been given. And it's just like the enemy to twist words. So we'll pull back from something that could help. Remember, it's not an either or when it comes to mental health. It's a both and. 
Jesus heals and God's word comforts. And sometimes we also need professional help and that's okay. So extend grace to yourself and to others. Now let's get into the heart for this episode and let me teach you a little bit about how to um, use Bible verses as a coping skill in a very healthy way. Uh, The heart for this episode came from Psalm 1, 1 through 3. I'm gonna read this to you really quickly. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. The Lord brought me to this passage in Psalm um, when I was going through just a bit of a tough season a few months ago and making some big decisions. And honestly, I was just kind of floundering and felt, have you ever had one of those where you kind of start to feel like you're doing a bit of a spiral? And you're like, oh no, (laughs) I've got to get out of this spiral or this is not going to be good. And God reminded me to stand firm. He reminded me that it's when I get in his word and I meditate on it day and night, then and only then, Am I like those trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit that whatever I do prospers because I'm planted, I'm standing firm on the word of God? Now, I don't know about you, but especially those of us who did grow up in church, this is not news, right? I did not just, this was not earth shattering to you that we should stand firm on the word of God. But sometimes I need some help going, what does that even look like? Stand firm. Like, do I write a verse on the ground and stand on it? Can you tell I'm a very visual, literal person? I mean, if you want to do that, you totally can. But here's what I feel like are some practical tips that I personally, from that day, really started to implement into my life. And I've noticed a huge difference as I've done this. I started on my phone. So this is very practical for you. Okay. You know me. I'm a let's get real practical kind of girl. On my phone, I have an iPhone. I'm sure most phones should have this ability. In my photo albums, I started an album that's called Stand Firm. And when I read in the Bible app, and a verse just jumps out to me that I think, I, I need to remember that one. That's one that would be really good for me to stand on. And when I say stand on, that's one that would be really good for me to meditate on, right? And I screenshot that photo and then I add it to my album. So I have at this point, I think um, I've been doing the album thing on this for maybe two months, maybe not quite. And I have 68 verses in there right now. And then I choose one as daily bread. Okay, so let's talk then a a minute about what that looks like. So here's the definition of to meditate is think deeply or focus one's mind for a period of time. They go on to say in silence or with the aid of chanting for religious or spiritual purpose or as a method of relaxation. Now that definition I just gave you of meditate was a dictionary definition, right? And so I'm not necessarily chanting anything, but I'll tell you the piece that I want to draw our attention to. Think deeply or focus one's mind for a period of time. We are all meditating on something, meaning we're all thinking deeply or focusing our minds on something for a period of time. What are you thinking deeply about? 
Are you thinking deeply and focusing on for long periods of time, your worries, the stresses, the, the to-do list, the whatever, fill in the blank? Maybe it's just Netflix. <laughs> Maybe it's just scrolling social media. I don't know. But we're all meditating on something. And you need to understand whatever you're consuming with your eyes and your ears, that's what you're meditating on. What kind of li- music are you listening to? What kind of shows are you watching? What types of people are you following on social media? What kind of books are you reading? What kind of people are you hanging out with in real life? Those are all things we're meditating on. We're, we're spending lots of time with it. We're consuming it, right? So what is it for you? Are you meditating on things of this world, cares of this world, or are you meditating on God's word? That's what standing firm on the word of God looks like. It says, you know what? In this moment, my mind wants to meditate on all the negative things that are happening and all the fears that are just really overwhelming me right now. But I'm going to intentionally pause and meditate on the word of God. And I don't know about you, but for me, whenever I am in those places of the spiraling and the thoughts kind of just running a little crazy, um, sometimes it is hard to really stop and redirect. And so that's the other thing I love about Bible verses. It's already written out for you. You're not reinventing the wheel. You're not coming up with something new to say. And it's from the Word of God, which is alive and active and does not return null or void. So Here's the thing that I wanted to draw your attention to right here is um, in my uh, Stand Firm album, I'm reading from you right now, I screenshotted this one, I guess, a week ago. And here's the cool thing I love about these verses is sometimes I screenshot it and it's not for that day, but it's manna, it's bread for another day. And I remember this particular one was one that um, as I was going to do something that I was honestly had some fear around it came to me because I had been meditating on it a week before it just was already in me. And so it came up whenever I was faced with that fear and that new territory. And um, here's what it said is it's from Psalm 91, five through seven. It says, you will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near your eyes. If you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. So for me, meditating on that verse doesn't look like word by word because that's pretty long. That's several verses, right? That's more like a passage, but I paraphrase some of these things. I'm like, okay, Lord, Though the, the fear of night is here and the different things that are coming against me throughout my day, Lord, you are my refuge and I make you the most high of my, my dwelling place. So this means that no harm will overtake me. No disaster will come near our home or our business. And you have commanded your angels concerning me and my family to guard us in all of our ways. Okay, that's powerful when you can do that. So I just want to encourage you, make this personal to you. Make it personal to you. I was super tempted to sit here and, I mean, I've given you a few verses, but this needs to speak to you. Go into, look at this as the father is a loving, loving father. And even if you didn't have an earthly father that was loving, I can promise you, you have a heavenly father who is, 
and he sees you. He sees your cares. He sees your burdens. He sees the fear, the anxiety, the, the pressure, the depression, the loneliness, all of it. He sees it and he doesn't shrink back from it. He doesn't shame you for feeling it. That's for sure. He draws you in and he says, hey, daughter, hey, son, I see you and I don't want you to suffer alone. Let me sit with you in this. You don't have to feel those things because you are safe in my arms. You're safe in my presence. And that's what these words are doing. We're safe there. Okay. Doesn't make us good versus bad Christian for knowing the verses or not knowing them. It makes us sons and daughters that we run into them and we go, this is my hope. This is what I can cling to. Okay. So let me pray over us and um, I'll let you get going. Father, I thank you for every single person sitting under the sound of my voice. I thank you for your word. What a gift your word is. Thank you. God, that you are a loving Father. And when we cry, Abba, you hear us, you draw near to us, you comfort us in ways only you can. Please draw us in, Lord, to you, to your presence, to your word. Make your word jump off the pages at us in a way that is so comforting. Any condemnation or shame in this area needs to go in the name of Jesus. Restore our relationship with you and with your word. Give us eyes to see and ears to understand. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Hey, at the end of every chapter in my book, Image Restored, I list several, I call them strong foundation verses that align with that chapter. Now, these will be key to walking in faith and freedom in your body image journey. Of course, you can pre-order Image Restored on Amazon currently, But then be sure to join my email list. You can go to rachelgilbert.com. You can also go to imagerestoredbook.com and be the first to know about the pre-order bonuses. One of those bonuses has to do with access to a private podcast where I will be reading those strong foundation verses so you can play them loud as you meditate on them. Well, that concludes today's talk therapy episode. And I'll see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel.